From the book of Acts, chapter 2, verses 1 through 11. When the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place. And suddenly from heaven there came a sound like the rush of a violent wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. Divided tongues as of fire appeared among them, and a tongue rested on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other languages as the Spirit gave them ability. Now there were devout Jews from every people under heaven living in Jerusalem. And at this sound, the crowd gathered and was bewildered because each one heard them speaking in the native language of each. Amazed and astonished, they asked, Are not all those who are speaking Galileans? And how is it that we hear each of us in our own native language? Parthians, Medes, Elamites, and residents of Mesopotamia, Judea and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and the parts of Libya belonging to Cyrene, and visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabs. In our own languages, we hear them speaking about God's deeds of power. During the shutdown of 2020, a friend sent me a link to 30 minutes of recorded pre-pandemic bar noise. <laughs> now, I don't like noisy restaurants. I have become the crabby old lady who asks the waiter to please turn down the music. So you would think I would not have listened to that recording, but oh, I clicked on it. I clicked on it right away. And immediately I began to cry. Now please understand, I was fortunate during the shutdown. Bill and I always had each other to talk to, and I had wonderful phone conversations with many of you when we couldn't meet in person. But when I heard that recording, I realized how much I had missed the sound of many voices speaking at once. In that sound was a mysterious power in that cacophony, a sound of connection. And the sound of connection is the sound of creation. In divinity school, which fades farther and farther into my past uh, when I'm not looking, I was assigned a paper on what it means that humans are created in the image of God. That's a good question. Being a person who's very attached to words on the page, I did a close reading of all the verbs in Genesis 1, looking for verbs that signified abilities that God and humans uniquely share. I figured if there's something God can do and humans can do but animals can't do, maybe that's a clue to how humans reflect some important quality of God. And I did come up with one thing. I doubt that it's the only thing, but I thought it was interesting. It seems that one thing that humans and God might share is a capacity for speech that creates. In Genesis 1, when God speaks, God creates. Let there be light, God says. And there was light. God spoke light, spoke earth, spoke a universe into being. Now, if I say, let there be light, and suddenly the room lights up, it's because I secretly hit the light switch while I was talking. I know you've all done that. But in a way, I can create with speech so long as I have another human being to listen. 
If I tell you last night I dreamed about a purple zebra and you imagine a purple zebra, then that zebra hangs in the space between us, created by my speaking and your hearing. And if I say to you, last night I dreamed of a world in which a person is judged not by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character, you think about what that world would look like. And it shimmers with promise in the space between us. My speaking and your hearing have combined to create a world. And though it may only be shimmering in the air, it is real enough to us both in the moment to inspire us both in the future. Imagine all the speaking and all the hearing all happening at once in Jerusalem at the time of the Pentecost. Something like that 30 minutes of bar noise, only in many different languages. What a racket. And yet, out of all that racket, look what was created. You wouldn't have expected creative power from these disciples. They weren't orators, they were ordinary working people. Up till now, their words around and about Jesus had often been words of frustration and bewilderment, had sometimes championed their own greatness, had even denied the one they swore to defend. I do not know the man. Now, here they were, filled with the Spirit, telling the story of Jesus, no longer speaking the language of frustration or of ego or of betrayal, but speaking new languages as the Spirit gave them ability. The commotion drew a crowd. How long did it take before the individuals in that multicultural crowd recognized their own languages. Evidently, they weren't expecting much from this bunch of Galileans. So perhaps at first, people didn't even realize that the disciples were speaking in ways they could understand. In fact, some of the people in the crowd seemed never to hear anything but gibberish and wrote the disciples off as drunk. But others began to hear words they recognized. Messiah. Forgiveness, the Lord our God. This was a crowd of devout Jews. That's what the text says. These were no strangers to God's deeds of power. So in a way, the disciples were already speaking the crowd's language. But even familiar words can be hard to recognize when they're used in a new way. In the resurrection of Jesus, God had done something utterly new. And so the language of salvation through Jesus Christ was as new to the crowd as it was to the disciples who were suddenly enabled to speak it. But as the people in the crowd began to listen, they began to understand. And so a new world formed in the air between the ones listening and the ones speaking. A world in which the Messiah had arrived, died, risen, and conquered death. A world in which that resurrected Messiah offered forgiveness and reconciliation to God and the gift of the Holy Spirit for you, said Peter, for your children, and for all who are far away, everyone whom the Lord our God calls to him.
There it hung in the air between them, spoken into being, shimmering. In the closing worship of our just-finished provincial synod, Sister Nola Knaus said that God is always doing something new. She said that every human being is a new creation, not just once, but every day. Every day of your life, you are different from the day before. God is always leading us into new experiences, instilling in us new desires, empowering us to do new things in God's name. For example, to speak a new language or to listen well enough to understand one. A lot of new worlds get spoken into being that way. Now that I think about it, with a couple hundred delegates in one big room, synod sounded a lot like that bar noise recording. The cacophony that is the sound of connection, which is the sound of creation. As delegates to the synod shared their vision for the church, we were speaking the new church into being between us. God is always doing something new. And so, like each of us, the church is different every day from the day before. Through the power of the Holy Spirit, we are part of the ongoing process of speaking the new church into being every day. It hangs between us, shimmering. Let us draw near it as we draw near to one another around the table of the Lord. Amen.